Three, two, one. So, welcome back to the show, everyone. We are season five now, and it's really good to be back. We've, yeah. We've got uh, Joey. How's it going? Very good. It's um, got to get back in the groove of talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Brian as well. Brian, how are you? You, you, you don't really practice talking outside of recording the podcast. It. I no. pretty much don't no. speak all day. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm good, uh, Robin. How are you? Yeah, good, good. You, you obviously can't see because this is a podcast, but Joey is wearing a black shirt that is just covered from top to toe in in white dust. So I imagine there's been a lot of noise in the workshop and very little talking, Joe. That's right. Lots of sanding, and um, I've been busy, but not so, not that busy, to the point where I've, I've had to let my assistant go. So I'm now one man oh, band right. again, and um, that's taken a bit of a adjustment, and I'm having to change my workflow and all sorts, and do work I didn't use, haven't had to do for a few years. So. I'm back on the Sanders and stuff like you that. Because were, you were just, the, the orders were just flying out of the workshop last time we spoke. Yeah. Is, yeah. Do you think it's just uh, economy uh, changes? It's, or it's, it's really fairly obvious to me at the moment, certainly here. I mean, I wanted to talk about this a bit later with Brian as well, but um, it, it's pretty obvious that the economy here is taking a bit of a dive and people are just not spending. Um, I'm definitely getting... Uh, people are wanting quotes, but I'm I'm just not getting any of the jobs. It's it's interesting. I mean, I used to get three years ago, two years ago, I was getting like fifty percent of the the jobs that would come in, and like in the last two weeks, I've probably quoted upwards of twenty jobs and didn't get one. So that's interesting. Shit. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's. Um... It's kind of, I suppose I don't really do like kitchen fit outs and yeah. things like that and bigger jobs. Um, I've actually had quite a lot of mm-hmm. work on, like enough to keep me busy full time. Yeah. But the problem of having two children now is that I can't work full time. Right. That's the wrong time. So it's, yeah, yeah. So it's if, if I was to hire somebody, I'd be paying them to do my yeah. work. And then... Therefore, I'm yep. losing out. So it's kind of just gone the other way, and jobs have just been drawn out over right. like months and months and oh, months. That's frustrating as well. But, eh? um, it is, yeah, yeah. Like it gives you really bad anxiety. Um, like I, I'm pretty sure we were doing the last record of the show, and I was, I was talking about an yes. island bench that I was doing with the two bench ends. Yeah, I went and fitted the second half of that last night. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> was waiting a while for ago. hardware, waiting for, like, there were so many touch-ups that needed to be done in the workshop rather than on site because nothing is square. Everything is bent and yeah. warped and there's a big steel plate. There's a marble bench top that isn't flat. I didn't know you could get marble that wasn't flat. Apparently. But you can. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think I've had five site visits oh, now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. um, so this is the last one and then it's done and I never want to see that thing again. Because mm-hmm. historically, Brian, haven't you said that your, your February is normally a good 
I'm sure you've said before that February is a good time of, of year for you, sort of the, uh, the, the beginning of the year. Uh, it usually goes a little bit later. Like I find going towards the end of financial year, sort of okay. probably May, May to June is probably my busiest time, which works really well because it's, you know, it's cold. You don't get FOMO spending days in the workshop where your friends mm-hmm. are having fun. But, um, but yeah, two kids just changes everything. Yeah. Everything. So we're trying to get Lanny back, back into work, and that means I can't work. So I've been doing installs, nighttime deliveries, first thing in the morning or evening. Um, yeah, it's uh, a whole different balancing act. Yes. But I, I do have, like, I've probably got enough work on until, I would say, August, July, August. But that's just me, that's just me working on it, which is fine. But another cliffhanger from last season's episode was what was going to happen with my workshop. Mm, and they had a real mm. estate agent in taking photos. <sighs> they want to, yeah, so they want to put a cafe in here. Oh, my God. Oh. Have they given you a time, time frame? Yeah. No. No. Could be, could be three months. Could be three weeks. Could be three years. Oh, shit. So... I'm just going to kind of proactively look. We were looking at moving house anyway, but I'm going to really proactively look at a house with a workshop on the premises. Hardcore. That's the way to do it. I've seen this, I've seen this famous guy on the internet, uh, Joey Chalk. He did it, and, I mean, it looks amazing. That's the way to be, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it just, it's, the only, it's the only option that makes sense to me now. Like, if, if my time is being cut and I have to spend not have to spend if I want to spend more time with family um, <laughs> I have to have the opportunity to just go into a workshop for an hour or two on an evening and set something up for the next day and at the minute le- you leave the workshop and that's me done so uh, yeah it's exciting mildly go talk terrifying to go talk to Jim for like better throw a little lean to on the side of his shit <laughs> just hook up to some of his solar panels yeah um <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Like, I really like Castlemaine, but, um, but Lanny's from Castlemaine okay. originally. So she doesn't want to move home. So we're looking elsewhere. Because <laughs> okay. you were um, looking at a, at a property in the, potentially a property in the country, weren't you? Yeah, still, still looking. Still looking. So either probably somewhere in the east, I reckon, is looking likely, like the Dandenongs, um, sort of slightly bigger block sizes. And um, a lot of them have existing sheds on them. But, oh, um, but my, my sister-in-law has randomly taken a job working in customer service for an industrial shed company. So mm. staff discount. Nice. Um, well, so if we, if we find one that doesn't have a shed, that has room for a shed, we might look at that option as well. You, uh, you're in that old building. It's, the floor is all up, up and down, right? No, that was my old, old oh, workshop. This, this, is, this is not too bad. This is... This is the one with the train tracks. Yeah, <laughs> the train but tracks. Is it, yeah. is, so it's relatively flat. Okay. It's I was pr- going to say, flat, like, yeah. it has made such a massive difference to me having a workshop with a flat floor. Like, anywhere yeah. you can lay down a level, the floor is flat, and it is a massive, it's such a stupid thing. But to have a yeah. floor that actually is pretty much what you're going to get when you go into a client's house, it makes a massive difference. So, What was, um, what was your floor in your old workshop? Was it, just, it, was, it was just an old battered concrete floor, old, old concrete that had been poured in maybe four or five different 
times and sections yeah. and it had this huge slope on it from front to back of the of the warehouse it was it probably dropped 200 mil and Ooh. so like it was nothing was flat and you can go back and see it in my old videos like my, all my machinery is packed up on one side um mm. just it was just a pain in the ass so yeah so yeah, my original ranting was just to say that yes work is still coming in but slower I'm, i've probably got about the same amount of work as you um brian june july by myself mm. But as soon as I had someone else in here, that work is just the weekly outgoings don't don't justify the the kind of yep. cash flow situation. So yeah, yep. yeah, mm. got to make a move. Yep, it's um, yeah, it's a strange old economy. I'm, I'm sure we've been saying that for about four <laughs> years on the podcast, but so. um, yeah, it's strange times here with. Interest rates, and I know you guys have gone even higher in New Zealand. Ours is even worse, but actually, what I've found, um, so because what it'd be interesting to hear your take, um, both of you guys, all the builders that are going bust over there and here as well, and I think that kind of thing is having a, a, a bit of a, a knock-on effect to things like us, where we're in there last, doing the finishing off, and. Um, people's confidence in just getting a builder is way down. So I think there's a lot less work going on that way. Mm. Yeah, it's it's really hard to know. Like Porter Davis, who are one of the biggest, or were one of the biggest home builders, went bust a couple of weeks mm. ago in, in Melbourne. Yeah. And I think the government just did a bailout package, but it is that hard huh. thing of... Um, it's that hard thing of... Trades are getting harder to find, which means they're going to get more expensive, which means it's going to be more of a pain in the ass for clients to engage trades. So will they just not do the work? Is it easier mm. for them just to go, you know, I'm not going to do that reno, I'm not going to... But I don't know whether that affects us so much or does it mean the massive building work stops and they look at smaller renovations like that's kitchens right. and, and... Yeah, that's true. And, yeah, but and like furniture. We, and not me, but, you know, particularly you guys, are part of that chain. So you are doing the kitchen fit out at the end of the renovation, which is, you know, preceded by the refinancing. So as soon as the one bit breaks before you guys, it probably is affecting you. Yeah. You know, so even though it's not, you know, the building company, you are still part of that, that, that loop, that life cycle. Yeah, with the little remora fish picking up those scraps at the bottom. Yeah. Those little dollars, you know. Here you go, here's $5. It's, yeah, it's happened to me so many times where the client comes to me with the grand design and then six months later when they're actually ready, they're like, well, all this happened and the builders charged me an extra million dollars and so now we've only got a quarter of the budget, so we're just going to get a flat pack or something. And you're like, okay, yeah. thanks. <laughs> That's that job gone. <laughs> Yeah. And now you know that those builders are charging more because of supply issues, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. That's right. Anyway, what's tell us going about, on? Tell us about your, your new move, Robin, huh? Yes. yes. So I am it looks to be, there looks to be sweat coming off that glistening head of yours. Yeah, this is newly shaved and, and newly uh, polished. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm coming to you guys from Townsville. I got here at the beginning of the month and it's good to be back it's good to be back in the workshop um 
I've been pretty active on, on social media, which I wasn't before. I sort of just dropped off social media entirely um, just to take a break. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've been putting out a lot of videos about the workshop and getting it all together. I managed to get all of my tools successfully out of storage without any breaking or falling like they did on the way in, which was exciting. Uh, they're all into the workshop. They've all been tested. Everything's fine. Um, I'm in this weird, uh, and it's just something I wanted to talk to you guys about. I'm in this weird space now, though, where the workshop that I have down below me, which is the one that I've been using for three years, is now just got a few tools and nothing else. And all of my storage containers with all of my clamps, you know, drill bits, et cetera, et cetera. My previous, the, 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 the way the workshop was set up before evolved over time and got to the point where it was just before I left, but it was an evolution. I'm struggling to, to fit out my workshop because, <laughs> because I want to go back to what it was, but because there was an evolutionary process, I'm almost in this, this, I'm almost a bit stuck because I want to do things. I want to build workshop furniture, but I, I want to be doing other things in the workshop, you know, building, I, I, I need to build a new office desk. But because I, there's no natural evolution for me to, to, to work through, you know, buying your first tool, buying your right. second tool, etc., or getting some shitty table that's your workbench, which then becomes put in the corner as storage, and then you move up like that. Because I just want to go straight back to where I, I was before, I'm finding it a bit, a bit tricky. I, 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 don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm conveying the, the, the points across. Where, properly, are but, you talking about where you want to put stuff in the workshop? Like how you want to fit it, like where you're actually going to put your pile of clamps. Because before it was okay just on that shitty shelf, but now that it's a clean slate, you're like, well, should they actually go there? Or should I make a separate rack on the wall? Or, or will they get in the way? Or do I want to build a really nice workbench, right? So I've, I've, I've never had a really right. nicely built, say, Rubo workbench. But to build my Rubo workbench, I need something. Now I don't want to do something something <laughs> stupid or, or something cheap and, and nasty because I don't want that. I want I just and so it's this it's this really weird. Like I want to put time into the workshop, but I don't want to put in time that's wasted. But I need to put in time that's wasted because otherwise I can't take the next. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, it was a, it was a, bit of a question for you guys. <laughs> have have you guys in your moves ever found that, or have you always? Because what I did when I left this workshop. A year ago, I sold pretty much everything I could except my big tools. And now in hindsight, I wish I hadn't because I could have, if I'd held on to those, I wouldn't have been having this problem. When you guys have moved workshop, and I guess, Joe, this is particularly for you because you've just moved. Did you, were you able to just pick up, plonk down and, and continue working? Or have you, did you find that you had to spend time in that workshop to really to, to make it work for you? Um, well, long answer here. Um, <laughs> I had plenty of time to plan out my current new workshop. And so I knew exactly where everything was going, but that was because of lessons learned in my old workshop. And so when I first moved into my old workshop, I suddenly had 200 square meters and like a van full of tools. That was it. And so the first day, all I had, I just had to throw up some kind of bench shelf against the longest wall. I just shot some 
uh, framing timber onto the wall, MDF on the top, and that was a bench. And then that was my bench for like four years. And that sounds like a good place to start. That was the biggest, but that was the biggest mistake I, I made by <laughs> shooting that and screwing it onto the wall is that I couldn't do anything with it. It was a good first temporary thing to get me working. Um, after a while, I, I realized that I was going to move at some point and I didn't like that permanent bench. And so I built um, essentially kitchen cabinet type boxes with adjustable feet and replaced it with that. And that way, when I shifted my workshop, I literally just picked up those kind of kitchen cabinets and moved them in and put them against another wall. And then I could use them within 10 minutes. Um, And so I would say, put a bit of thought into it, build something that's semi-permanent, that's not shit and not super good, and then work from there. Get some saw horses to start. So either that, or if you want a really flash workbench, just get sore knees for a week and work on the floor, and then it'll only be a week, and then you'll have your bench top. Yeah. My yeah. advice would be somewhere in the middle. Like, I look around my workshop, and I see things that, like, my clamp racks are 10 years old, and I hate them, but they just hold clamps. Yeah. Like, that's all they do. All my tool, this tool wall here, I'd love to have it on beautiful, like, ply holders, everything cut out. It's just on screws in the in the wall, and they just hang there, and I know where everything is, and it's easy for me to get hold of. I think it depends. Like, it's going to look great on your videos, and, you know, definitely as a content maker, you have to have a clean looking yeah, space, a priority. whereas I don't yeah. really shoot much content. Um, but in terms of getting started, if you want to do the Rubo bench, I would say just do it. Like, for me, I've never been attached to... A beautiful workbench, and I've said it loads of times before. I like these big steel frames, mm. ply top assembly benches. Uh, they're more practical for me, but maybe one day I will make one and make it just for me. Um, but I would say if you can just go on Gumtree and find yourself a steel frame table and throw a sheet of plywood on it mm. for a hundred bucks, and then when you build your workbench, you just put it up for a hundred bucks, yeah, and you know. So that it's not something. I think. I think what Joey's what Joey's saying is, you know, when you go to the effort of screwing something together and it's fixed to a wall, it's something you've made and you're not so like you're not so ready to let it go. Whereas if it's literally just something that's brought in to give you the opportunity to make this perfect dream bench for yourself, then just get rid of it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I have sort of toyed with that idea because one of the first benches that I had in the workbench in in the workshop was a. A table, but just a very heavy-duty steel table. And that lived there for ages, and it was where I started, and then it just got relegated to less and less prior, you know, less and less um, important positions until eventually it was just a place to store junk. And maybe that's the way it's got to be. Instead of trying to make that first piece of workshop furniture be you like your Purple Heart workbench, Joe, instead of trying to start there, just get a bench, just anything to start the, the I, I think so get a bench but I, I will say at the same time I'm just thinking back I, I'm pretty sure I haven't looked at that video for a long time but I'm pretty sure that I didn't have any apart from that one bench I said where I shot it to the wall um, I don't think I had any other work benches when I made my dream workbench because I needed one and I knew that I needed to use that workbench to do my work so I just spent a week 
working on the floor, really crude like, um, and but that was it. That's what it had to happen to make the thing. And I think a lot of people have that same chicken or the egg question. And I think the answer is kind of neither. You just got to do the thing you want, and there's going to be a little bit of uncomfortable time while you do it, and then mm. you'll be right. Because yeah, otherwise. Making a really, really super high-end workbench kind of does require a really nice workbench to work on. But making yeah. like an okay middle-of-the-road workbench, you can do that on the floor. That's fine. I'm also holding off for – I've got two tools, which I'm working on a deal with the company. I don't want to say too much now because it's whoop, whoop. still too early. But it will be, <laughs> it will be my – most likely my – last jointer and thicknesser for the foreseeable future it's going to be nice um uh and obviously not industrial stuff it's not at that point but you know for proper 15 amp uh nice tools so i'm kind of also holding out for that because that's going to influence whatever i make in terms of a workbench i'll be able to make a much better workbench but with all that said man it's yes. good to be back in a workshop hey Man, it's good. Like last year, talking to you guys, and every time I we'd, we'd get together for the show, and I'd say, "Tell me about woodworking," because I'm doing none of it. Oh, that was <laughs> awful. It's just so nice to be back in a workshop. Because you had renters in your house. Mm. Was that right? Was that yeah, really yeah. weird? <laughs> Less than I and, thought it would and be difficult to get them out. I thought it was going to be odd coming back to my house with other people having lived in it. You know, just just a bit like right. there's there's people that have been in your space and now it's it's tarnished. Didn't really think about it. I think it was just because the whole move process was just a whirlwind. So we right. we we packed up everything from Hobart, put it on an eight by five trailer on my. Uh, Outlander, my wagon, and drove it all the way from Hobart up to here. So my head – now, this is this is the guy who's never owned a trailer, never driven a trailer. So I got a trailer and learned how to drive a trailer loaded to the top, driving it across Australia. And, boy, I, could, I can reverse a trailer now. I know how to use a trailer. <laughs> but, how, many, how many thousand Ks, Rob? Yeah, uh, 3,000. Around there? It's only 3,000, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I can drive a trailer. Anyway, so th- my head in, in, you know, in, in, was in that space. So when we arrived back here, there was just this, just this rush of relief because we, I'd made it. Because I'd literally, there were times when I thought, I don't know if I'm going to make it. There's just going to be a trailer attached to an upside-down wagon on the side of the road on the way up. And, um, yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't too bad from that perspective. We did end up putting in a claim on the tenants because there was a, the yard was pretty, pretty rough. A couple of dings out of the, out of the wall. One of my downpipes had been broken off by the dogs. Not the house wasn't too bad, but yo, the garden, they, um, these dogs <laughs> had a lot of fun in my yard, but they just, yeah, they, there was a lot of, a lot of stuff had to be fixed. Admittedly, I put a lot of work into my yard. So, you know, I, I plant natives. I, everything is manicured all the time. It was wrong weights, wrong, wrong garden to put out to renters. But um, yeah. other than that, no, it wasn't too bad. I, to, to sum it up, I would definitely be a landlord again. So, so to anyone out there who's thinking about getting into the rental market, 
I say go for it. It's the, <laughs> the horror stories you hear doesn't happen to, to everyone. And you enjoying being back in Townsville? Like, yeah, actually, getting used to the tropical weather again. And I am. I used to. I remember we used to moan about it. Well, I used to moan about it on the podcast and say how jealous I was of you, Brian, down in in Melbourne in that in the the winter, being able to go outside without being attacked by the sun, and how jealous I was. But after spending a winter in Hobart, where it's just it's cold and raining, I'll take the humidity. <laughs> Any day of the week, eh? It's, it's hard, that. <laughs> Takes a special person. A tougher person, some would say, Robin, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. no, it's, but it's, just, it's just good to be home. It's good to be home. Um, and I've got back just in time for us to start concentrating now on, on wood dust. So for everyone who doesn't know, I mean, we've, we've been talking about it quite a fair bit over the last few weeks or months now actually uh the three of us are going down to melbourne in may on the 20th and 21st of may to host the wood dust woodworking event so this is going to be a huge australia or i say australia wide it's it's one of the big australian uh woodworking events uh, they're getting an international guests jimmy deresta april wilkerson matt eslier Eslia, I think that's how you pronounce it. We must, we must find out when, when we meet them. And they're going to be flying in. We're going to be putting on a big show. And they've asked us to host the event. So we are obviously going to be talking about it on the podcast more and more because we want to try and promote it. So if anyone is interested in more, getting more information, you can go to, if you just search for Wood Dust 23, you'll find out. And obviously, you know, we'd, we'd love to see you there at the event. But this is really sort of a, a milestone and a highlight on our calendar for this year. Yeah, it will be the first time we get together, I think. Is that right? Is it, I'm pretty sure this is mm-hmm. the first time three of us will get together. So um, I guess we should do some kind of podcast thing while we're there if we can. Mm. Yeah, oh, that would be yeah. A live podcast without having to worry about fucking Instagram live. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we don't have to do a live podcast, uh, but we could do, we, even if it's just the three of us, we could do an in-person yeah. podcast, uh, but yeah. that we could talk about that later, but uh, yeah, that would, would be, be an opportunity. Um, speaking of that, so I get in on the Thursday, the 18th at around midday, Brian, so if you need a hand in the workshop, um, yeah. you've got some, some bold muscle coming your way if you need. I'll try, I'll try to schedule... Uh, Moving house, and you can help me move it. Yeah. <laughs> move my workshop. <laughs> so but no, definitely, definitely, yeah, so you'll you'll be put to use in here. The last time, so when when I moved down to Hobart, I stopped in at, at Brian's workshop on the way down, and it was um, man, it was so good to, to to see the workshops. Now all the stories that you talk, like we were, we were saying about the train tracks, I, you know, I can actually see it, picture it, it, it puts it all in perspective, um, but. That is a very, very cool workshop. It's, and it's, it is, it's very sad to hear that you'll be moving out. I'm sure it'll be something better. But it's just, it's just such a beautiful building to be in. It'll, yeah, it'll be hard to take. Like, uh, I just watched Matt Esley's video on him moving out of his workshop. And, you know, he's been there for four years or something, five years. And I get really, really attached to buildings like really attached. I think it was because I spent most of my childhood living in one house. Right. Do you know what I mean? And especially when there are places like this that have a bit of character, it's it's not a modern tilt-up shed, which is what I'll most likely move into 
Um, you know, it's stuff where you can see the scarf joints were actually cut by real human beings and yeah. in the beams yeah. and things. So, um, yeah, it is going to be pretty heartbreaking to lose the space, but what can you do? It happens yeah. all the time. Um, Sasha, my, my old intern, uh, started out on his own, got all his own machinery, got a brilliant workshop in Northcote, which is sort of one of the big hipster districts. Really nice suburb in Melbourne. Nice space, co-sharing, but he had, I think it was 50, 50 square metres, something like that. He was in there for six weeks and got given notice. No way. Wow. So now he's got all his workshop machinery and he's, he's trying to work out what to do. I think he's got another space. So it's good to, good to hear. But yeah, everybody's just getting squeezed. Mm. And I think it's a similar story in, in sort of all major cities across Australia and New Zealand at the minute. Commercial rents are so. just, yep. they're just not really working for, for businesses like ours. Like how yeah. I could justify $35,000 a year, $30,000 a year in rent, I, I can't. Yeah. Especially if I, if I do work less and spend more time with my kids. So if I work 80% of my hours that I would have worked when I was child-free, how do you justify spending, mm. you know, double the rent that I was spending when I was child-free? Yeah. Yeah. doesn't make I sense. Couldn't, I couldn't operate having to pay a commercial rent. Um, mm. The only way I've been able to do what I have done is owning the, the buildings. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, it would be... I don't know how anyone can run a business. I mean, I guess that's why... Some stuff, first thing that comes to mind is like kitchens, why the prices are so outrageous uh, from these commercial companies is probably because their rent is just outrageous. Yeah. Astronomical, yeah. Have yeah. You, uh, Joey, have you found moving further out of the city, would you have clients come to your old workshop often or not so much? Um, sometimes, but, you know, it's interesting. Almost immediately from shifting... I've just got local clients and the work yeah. I have on now is all within like a 40 minute radius of my new workshop. And I've pretty much left the city work behind. I still have the old, old client and bits and pieces happening and I'll, I'll even chase jobs in the city if it's looking like a fun one. But mm -hmm. most of my leads and most of my work at the moment is all relatively local. And I, I, that's what I wanted, but I didn't expect it to happen quite so soon and yeah. um my intention was always to get here get established and then go put some get the newspaper around and do a thing and do some kind of advertising um but i haven't really had to do that um although i was just saying about not having heaps of work but um <laughs> yeah it's just one of those things where it's it's surprising to me that the kind of jobs that have been coming in are, are local. It's the kind of work I would have expected from the city. So, yeah, mm -hmm. um, I, I, I can get what you mean, I think, is that you're slightly apprehensive that if you were to move away from where all the people are, there would be less work. But you see, I, I don't know whether... Well, one thing I've always been big on is having a really clear uh, online presence. So mm -hmm. a really nice, clean, uh, clean website, and an Instagram that has enough content on it so that people can, you know, see enough of your product. Yeah. But 
I find that when I get clients, because I'm my building sort of isn't in the middle of Richmond or some busy right. suburb that they can just park on the street, like to find yeah. me is quite hard work. If a client comes into my workshop and gets a little, you know, 10-minute spiel on the history of the space, I would say my conversion rate on clients that come into the workshop would be 95%. Yeah. As opposed to online, I might have a conversion of 20%. So I just don't know whether, like where I'm talking about moving will still be within that kind of commuter belt to Melbourne. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of wineries and all that kind of stuff. Whether I'll find that clients will be more likely to come in on the weekend and just make Mm -hmm. a day of it, go to a winery or something like that and still want to come into the workshop or whether or not it'll just all turn into online orders and local orders. It's going to be interesting. I'd love to hear from people that have done the move. Because I know that Gem, like most of Gem's work, would still be Melbourne. Right. So they've kept a shop front here in okay. Kensington. Stuff is shipped down every week. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to hear sort of smaller furniture makers when they have moved out. Have they found that, like you, Joey, that their their client base has changed to local? Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about... Yeah, converging, converting the sale when clients come to see you. Um, I, I don't recall, probably has happened, but I don't really remember when a client has come without some initial draft work, drawings and pricing. Typically, by the time the client wants to come and see me and talk about exactly the finishes and that, like the job's already over the job's line. locked in, yeah. Um, and, but I was just wondering, like, typically I really will have on uh, workshop meetings a lot when I do cabinets, people like the husband and wife typically will come in and we'll sit down for an hour and, and I project my model up on the wall and we can spin it around and look at every aspect of what, what's happening. And that's usually a really good way that everyone understands what page we're on. But for a smaller job, like if let's say it was a coffee table, um, that might not even be worth, I don't know that it would be worth everyone's time to come out to the workshop, even if it was um, close, close into the city, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I've just yeah. always found that it's, it's been a really easy way of me improving my conversion rate. And like if it's a coffee table, I know what you're saying, but if it's me, if it's them coming to me, and it's me taking even half an hour, 40 minutes, have a coffee and talk to them versus the time it takes to sit down and reply to five or six emails, Yeah, you know, sending them links of different finishes or something mm-hmm. like that, as opposed to they come into the workshop, they can see samples. Yeah, way easier. Right? And, it's, and it's literally just the time taken is my yeah. time in the workshop where I would have been anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's but, true. Um, that can definitely help when people get to hold a thing or even when they come to the workshop and they'll see something else and they go, oh, yeah. let's, let's just do that instead because I like what you've got there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That um, helps. Yeah, speaking of of, uh, of orders from overseas and interstate and stuff, do you remember the star map table that I did that was mm-hmm. going to Utah? Yes. Broken by the careers. No oh. way. Yeah, yeah. Was that was if you designed the way to flat pack it. Was that that one? Yep, that's yeah. the one. Flat packed beautifully, and the day it arrived in America, 
what was it, November, November, December, when the the day that that big ice storm hit the whole east coast of America. So it just got dropped in a warehouse with a ton of other stuff piled on top of it and it snapped the frame. The top was fine, but the frame frame was snapped. So I had to go through the whole engine. It was in core flute and it was um, strapped down and braced and then memory foamed and then more core flute and then a cardboard box. Like, Uh, I could stand on it and there was no problem. It's literally been... Been Put dropped a off a forklift. Yeah. Well, they they wouldn't take it if it was on a pallet. Uh. It's weird all these different rules that shipping companies have, but they wouldn't take it if it was on a pallet. So yeah, I had to go then through the process of trying to assess the damage, whether it could be fixed. It was a pretty clean break. It wasn't on one of the joints. It was in the grain and the timber. Uh. Um, and then I found an amazing furniture maker who took it on for me in. Um, I think they're based in New Mexico. Yeah, Santa Fe. Right. Boyd and Alistair, they're called. Really, really nice guys. And they took it on and fixed it for me. And the client went in to see them to drop the table off and ended up commissioning them to do a set of chairs for it as well. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So there's that There's that benefit of the in-person connection. Yeah. Um, so did they have to, could, were they able to save the timber or did you have to send a piece of timber over? No, like... They could fix it. Like nothing had flaked off, so it was a really clean break. But it was, it was quite a large glue area because of the way it had broken down the grain. Yeah. So yeah. it was like an interlocking jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, and um, they just put some dials in and glued it, and yeah. came up a treat. Awesome. But it's uh, funny. You, but yeah, you, really fun dealing with an insurance company. <laughs> so talking about um, shipping to America. Um, and this goes back to what we were talking about with the home workshop. I went through the whole process of trying to find an insurer for my home workshop. Ended up going with Amy Insurance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, if anyone's interested, my premiums are actually lower than what they were a year ago with just general house insurance. They're actually lower. Are we going to see you on an Amy advert, Robin? Yeah. <laughs> this I, sounds, I couldn't this believe sounds it. like they, an ad read. They sent, they sent me the quote, and I, my first thought was, no, well, this is wrong. This is half the price, half the monthly price of my previous premium. I've, I'm, I've covered, I literally took my previous policy and used those figures and said, that's what I want to insure, and it's come up with half the price. Anyway, I'm not going to ask anyone. That's the insurance Jeez. company. Anyway, the... the, the it's lucky, you're, lucky you're with Amy, huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> du, 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 du. Yeah. Um, so they won't insure me if I send anything to America. So if I send a table to America and the what? guy opens it and explodes in his face, they won't insure me for that because America's got a different the the, the their bylaws or something but, are different there. But hang on, they're just insuring they're just insuring your tools, right? Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. But I'm just saying you you talk about all these these um, you know these these uh, differences with couriers when it comes to insurance. So part of my insurance is if if I make you a table, Brian, and I send it to you, and yeah. if my table accidentally I don't know gashes your leg, you could like liability. Yeah, you could sue me. Yeah. My insurance covers me. But if I send it to America, I wouldn't have thought. Doesn't. I wouldn't have thought that would be going through your, your home insurance. I would have thought that was through through a different um, a different underwriter. Yeah, well, a different it's, branch of your insurance, anyway. It is. So this this 
this product that Amy offer, it's a, you can ensure your business and your home and contents all under the same policy. So it's called business right. at home. This is one of the few so that does business this. activities as well as business assets. Yeah, correct. Oh, wow. Well, right, I okay. don't know how far it is, but that was just the one scenario that yeah. they talked about was when you ship, if you ship anything uh, overseas, they will cover you for any potential damages, but they won't cover you if you send to... Except um, for America. Except for America, because that's just, hmm. their laws are, are very odd. Hmm. <laughs> so if, if anyone's looking for, for home... The, the, Kiwi, the Kiwi laughing about the uh, odd <laughs> importation laws <laughs> after what I had to go through to ship a bloody coffee table to my parents. Uh, well, I had a pretty bad experience, you know, speaking about those workbenches before, I, uh, not long after I made my workbench, uh, an Aussie bloke wanted one. And so I made one and shipped it to Sydney, maybe. Um, but that was such a rigmarole. Like, it was just as bad trying to get a big thing that isn't quite big enough for a, a container, but too big for a pallet. And it's like, mm. no one really wanted to know about it. So... Yeah. Yeah, unless you're sending 10 of them. Yeah. It's a tricky thing. I've got two two coffee tables that are going to the Gold Coast. And because of their insurance value, it's, shipping is going to cost a fortune. And I'm literally thinking about just driving from Melbourne to the Gold Coast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's crazy. I ran into that. As soon as you make something, uh, specifically the uh, ambassador's table, I made the mahogany extension table a few years back. Mm. The insurance, the insurance to cover it in the truck from from here to Wellington was like almost half the cost of the table. Like it was outrageous. It was, and I was just, I didn't even want to tell the client. Like you're going to have to pay mm-hmm. an extra third of the total bill just so some dropkick doesn't drop it. Obviously. Which they did, right? Which they, Which they did in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so, oh, man, yeah, it can be a pain when you have something high-end or at least nicely made and you try yeah. to get it from A to B, it can become a real problem and personal delivery is the way to go, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can recommend um, the, the drive from Melbourne to to Gold Coast, Brian, now that I've done it. And, you know, we, I was poking fun of at, at Melbourne earlier. Driving from Geelong to Melbourne, peak hour traffic, the day I got off the ferry, was better than driving through Brisbane. <laughs> I would take really? Melbourne traffic over Brisbane any day of the week. Brisbane's roads there are horrendous. That is, a, that is a massive indictment of Brisbane. That's a, a little... I don't um, know what Brisbane's roads are like, but a little top that's tip pretty bad. You. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Brisbane's pretty bad. My brother's a truckie there, and he is on the road at four in the morning, so he can beat the traffic. So just so he can get to work. Yeah, right. Oh, All right. Um, while we're complaining about things, I've got a good Bunnings rant. Do you want my oh, Bunnings yes. rant of the week? Oh, it's been yeah. a while since I. Come on, I haven't had a Bunnings rant in months. Now, do you know the brand Taskmaster, Robin? Task Taskmaster. I do. Why do I know it? What they do they make sell? all the shitty little hardware uh, for Bunnings, like hinges and knobs and all those yes, kind of things. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I right. buy, I've bought their hinges I before. buy 
nothing that is Taskmaster because it's a load of crap. The screws okay. are literally made of paper mache. The second you turn it, it <laughs> yeah, falls yeah. apart. <laughs> but they had one product that was good, and it was a stay, like a, a hydraulic stay right. for cabinets. Yeah. Worked fine. I've used them for years on beds. They weren't mega expensive, super reliable. Like I've had one on, on the bench in the bottom of my bed for seven years, six years. Perfect. Went and bought one the other day. And they have changed the hardware. Obviously, to save costs, they've changed mm-hmm. dimensions in it. Not only do they, you buy a right-hand one, and it's actually a left-handed one with left-handed oh, no. instructions, but it says right-hand on it. But the instructions are for the old hardware. <laughs> so, wow. so none of the drilling pattern matches. And with, a, with like a stay, it has to be exactly, exactly in the right position. Otherwise, it's not going to open or it's not going to close. Yeah. yeah. It took me two hours to make a fucking prototype yeah. of that bit of the box to make sure that the lid was going to open and close properly. Yeah. I've done that before, and that is not fun. That working out the, the drilling pattern is ridiculous. Nah. So I'm going back to throw this at Bonnings this afternoon. Ever since you guys okay. talked about buying your hardware from places, you know, specific or speciality yeah. stores, it's I've tried to avoid buying stuff from Bunnings for that exact reason because it can – I didn't realize how bad this stuff was until I went and bought a, a oh piece of hardware gosh. from a proper supplier. And you can buy hinges – that don't have a few millimeters of play in it. I didn't even think that hinges could be built like that, but they can. Yeah. Yeah. And not to mention that people know what they're talking about. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but that's <laughs> not what Bunnings is. You don't go to Bunnings for advice. No. That, that poor kid has just got out of high school, and you expect him to know everything about plumbing and carpentry at the same time. I love it. That's, like, exactly the opposite of their advertising. But <laughs> <laughs> But you're so right. It's like, how does this teenager know anything about what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So wish me luck explaining this to them this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's leave it there because we're coming up on time. Uh, Good to be back. We are going to continue with the fortnightly schedule we're going to have some good guests on this this season we've got to put one that we're going to hopefully line up in the the coming weeks which will be really exciting and uh yeah let's uh let's have a good a good season yes excellent looking forward to it yeah cool all right everyone take care and we will see you in the next one